Hello and welcome to episode 72 of Fergo and the Freak. I'm that bloke from Rugby League Project, Andrew Ferguson. You can find me on Twitter at AndrewRLP. And joining me is once again is the glorious League Freak. You can find on Twitter at League Freak. How you going there, mate? Pretty good. Um, this is West Tigers week on the podcast because they've started their march, their march to glory. So I'm really excited this week. I, I will be trying to be optimistic despite my better judgment. Um, how how many grand finals just, in a row do you reckon they're going to win? Um, nearly none. <laughs> What's the probability of that? <laughs> Less. <laughs> <laughs> Don't get me wrong. I'd love it if they did, but, you know, you've got to be a realist. Yeah, yeah, I get it. You're talking to a Panthers fan. We've got <laughs> the real terrible reality of what we have to deal with. This is right. Um, speaking of reality, Channel 9, they've decided that uh, one of the uh, one of the NRL clubs needs to go mm-hmm. in an ideal world for them, um, and a new team in Brisbane should come into the competition. Yeah. And it started a bit of a, let's say, a fervor of uh, commentary from mm-hmm. a lot of media outlets and the like as to, you know, which team should go and why. It's not like this is foreign territory. They find, no. they find a way to have this conversation every year, almost every every six months, to be honest. Mm-hmm. So, um, thoughts, I guess. I'll, I'll have a read of the article in a sec, but yeah, we'll get some initial thoughts, I guess. Yeah, well, it's. I think the interesting thing is that Channel 9 has been running a media campaign through all of its outlets and with some of its journalists for the last probably four or five months in regards to the next TV deal. So they're positioning themselves publicly. Um, they're trying to pressure the NRL publicly. Uh, it started off, the first one I noticed was Neil Breen. He wrote in the Sydney Morning Herald before Channel 9 bought the Herald um, that the NRL uh, ratings were down and that the NRL can expect less money on the deal. Now, that's it's all subjective because all TV ratings are down quite a bit. Uh, the audience percentage for rugby league is still very strong. It's obviously one of the highest rated things on television. Um, and especially amongst sports, it's still, you know, ratings gold. So you're seeing then with the last three weeks, and keep in mind that now Channel 9 owns the Sydney Morning Herald. The last three weeks, Danny Widler has basically written the same thing in his article three times in a row about television ratings and all that sort of stuff. Um, so Channel 9 is running a campaign, a media campaign right now against the NRL, trying to push down how much that the public is going to expect them to pay and, try, I guess, trying to pressure the NRL um, when they get time down to negotiating for the for the next broadcasting deal, the thing to remember is that without the NRL rights, Channel Nine has the Australian Open Tennis and Netball. And if I was a Channel Nine shareholder, and that was the sporting lineup in Australia for the network that I had shares in, I'd be very, very, very upset. Um, especially when you consider that the that Channel 9 can basically lock in the ratings for an entire year in terms of what Rugby League brings them. They can also lock in four of the top watched shows in terms of the entire country for State of Origin and the NRL Grand Final. If you take all of that away from Channel 9, all they're left with is the block and some, you know, bloody sea change or something, the remake and you know who watches Sea Change? Just dying people, really. It's um, and it's not foreign territory either. This talking down the uh, talking down the game, trying to mm-hmm. rubbish it a bit to try and get the the price of it down. I guess is the is the end goal of what you're getting out there. It's mm-hmm. it's all about trying to devalue it to try and make it cheaper. Um, yeah, it's weird I, that they're doing it publicly though, because ha- they must obviously think that public pressure. And just getting a general, um, the thought out there that the NRL can expect less money or even a not so much of a jump in the next TV deal has some sort of effect when they go to the negotiating table. I don't think it's going to work anymore 
because the NRL is independent of these media organisations now. Um, but it is interesting that they're still going about it. And it's interesting that the the so-called journalists who are writing this stuff don't think that it's completely transparent what they're trying to do. Yeah. the I suppose the other thing that we haven't really touched on there is um, Channel 10 can, are a silent threat because aren't they owned by a big um, American new, um, media organisation or something now? Yeah, they are. Yeah, I believe it's CBS owns them. Um, the other thing that we now, because we've gone from basically having a handful of broadcasters in Australia to now you're going to have like so many different outlets that might step in. And Fox Sports has started up their KO Sports um, online streaming, basically channels, um, which is it's it's I haven't got it yet. I'm I'm gonna sign up for it pretty soon actually. But um apparently that's not too bad. But they also would definitely need rugby league. I mean, how well see that's the reason Super League started, right? Super League War started because uh Foxtel realized that they needed relevant content on the east coast of Australia or it just didn't work. And that's why they went and got rugby league by any means necessary. Um, if you have KO Sports and you don't have relevant content on the east coast of Australia, you're nowhere. So yeah. they're gonna they basically well, have you're, to you're have with, rugby league. Your Optus Vision is what you are. Exactly. <laughs> you know? Do you know anyone that has Optus anymore? No. I don't even. I know that it exists, but I don't know anyone that's got Optus. It's just all Foxtel. No. When they when they finally got the thing revamped and up and running, and they got the uh, what was it the twenty eighteen FIFA World Cup, yeah, and then the whole feed died, yeah, yeah, that didn't do them any. That didn't do their PR system very well. They've, really they've got, terrible. I think they've got some soccer competition back again, but people looking at it going, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's hard. It's, it's hard to overcome a hurdle when you when you stuff up that big on the world stage. Yep, that's a and, tough and one the, to overcome. The thing is that like. The NRL has so many options. They've got all the options in the world. They can pick and choose what they want. And, you know, there's an opportunity there for, in terms of, like, uh, the free-to-air broadcasters, Channel 10 could revamp their entire station, which they really need to do, by getting rugby league. Um, I think, too, of- Channel, Channel 10 would probably jump out of too, knowing that um, they've got no... They've got no real sport on it anymore in the winter. Yeah, I, I, I mean, what do they have? They've got the cricket. They've got the, they've got the Big Bash League, I think, is it? Big Bash, yeah, and I couldn't tell you a second sport. Oh, I think, you know what? Funny. I think they've got the rugby union rights. Have they? Yeah, I'm pretty sure they've got international rugby union rights. But, like, who cares about that? Who's watching <laughs> rugby union these days? Well, I- to be honest, though, if they if they do have the rugby union rights and they've decided they want to put in for the rugby league rights, mm-hmm. um, they they're going to be they will quickly jump to being the they'll they'll leapfrog Channel Nine in the winter. Yeah, yeah. and 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 the thing is, with sporting rights, um, networks see them as I think they they call them like one of the halo things where. You get the rights for something and you get a trickle-on effect to everything else. And that's why when you're watching NRL coverage on Channel 9, they talk about the block and all their other garbage that I don't watch at all. Like, I literally don't watch Channel 9 outside of rugby league and I don't even watch their pregame. Um, so they, you get that flow-on effect to other stuff. You know, how will that go for Channel 9 if they're showing the shoot shield on a Saturday afternoon from North Sydney Oval. You know, let's see how that goes, Channel 9. Keep put, keep putting the pressure on the NRL. You're doing well, a great job. This is the thing, okay? If Channel 10's got Rugby Union and they get Rugby League as well, Rugby Union's going to stay at Channel 10 because they're going to be getting quite a bit more interest at the in their broadcast because of what Rugby League brings to it. So if Channel 9 come along and says, oh, we want to get Rugby Union, Rugby Union will probably just stay to Channel 9. No. We're getting more eyes on our game now because of rugby league. They won't ever admit that, but that'd be the case. We're not leaving now. We're finally getting a bit more interest here. You're not going to give us that because the only other sport you've got us, you know, to help us out 
isn't even played at the same time we're on, which is the tennis, which only tennis goes for two and a half weeks. Yeah, exactly. So I, it's funny because in all of the, with all of these, if you look at the parties involved in the NRL broadcasting right negotiations that are coming up, the NRL has a, all so many options. Like it, it has a rude amount of options that are available, including broadcasting itself and trying to reap the the money through online broadcasting for itself. And Channel 9 has to have Rugby League. It has to, because it's not getting the AFL. It has to have Rugby League. And if it doesn't want to have Rugby League, um, you know, good luck. Good luck putting on Super Netball at 7.30 p.m. on a Friday night. I'm going to say this. I want Channel 9 to lose the rights to the NRL. Yeah. And I would love nothing more for it to go back to Channel 10. Yeah. Especially if it means Channel 10 hires some new commentators to call the game. Even if they get some, even if they get, say, Brenton Speed from Fox Sports and Dan yeah. Janine, those, those are two very, very good callers they could have in there mm-hmm. to, to call the game as their two main callers every week. And you could get, you know, Lord knows how many ex players to come on and be analysts and sideline commentators and whatnot. Yeah. There's plenty of them out re- there. Yeah, it'd revamp everything. And the reason why you'd need to look at doing that is because the the crew at Channel 9 especially tend to have very negative comments in the media about their game. So most of their, their comments in the media, it could be about why this player's playing bad or why this is a problem with the game or why we need to fix this. It's always something about how there's something bad going on. And very off, very rarely do you find them actually offering a solution. That's true. That's, that's true. not how they function. Look, so, yesterday we watched, uh, we were watching uh, the West Tigers uh, game and the referees went to the video ref to make sure a, a, a try was a try. And the commentators were bagging the referees overall for getting the decision right. Yeah. And they, they, it's like there's how many times has Andrew Johns got to be upset because a halfback got tackled? You know, any time a halfback gets tackled, Andrew Johns is like, we need to wipe it out of the game. It's ridiculous. Um, the other thing you see is th- they the Channel 9 commentators are great for saying, oh, don't worry about the rules there. That's play on. That should be play on because I feel like it should be. It's like, no, the rules of the game. Like, they they literally argue against some of the rules in the game that have been in since 1895. And they also then complain about inconsistent referees well, why isn't that a penalty yeah they're going you can't you can't tell the referees to not call every penalty and then demand they call every penalty when it suits your agenda exactly exactly oh, yeah. and it's gross phil, phil, and phil gould has become one of the worst at that and I've, I've never ever had an issue with phil gould up until probably the last two years and uh-huh. he's just gone on this agenda driven rants all the time and it's it's horrible he's, he's stopped being a proper analyst and he's just started being a a crisis merchant yeah and you see that when and there was a game i think it was about three weeks ago now where it was him and billy slater in the box with the main commentator and i can't remember who the main commentator was and billy slater was being so technical about the game that gould had to lift to the same level and it was brilliant commentary it was the best rugby league commentary i've heard for many many years now and Like they were giving you insights about the game. They were talking about what was happening technically on the field, why players were doing what they were trying to do, why they were trying to get this defender to go here so that through the line they could get somebody else to react differently. And it was brilliant. But outside of that, you know, Phil Gould turns into the drunk guy on the hill. He's like, oh, it wasn't really a forward pass. I know it was forward, but geez, just let it go. It's it's terrible. It's really terrible commentary. And, like, I know a lot of people get locked into commentators a lot of the time. I tend to think that they're, like, I have zero interest in them. I don't, there's no legacies or anything like that. They're just people that are there. Um, but, you know, you do, at least would like commentators that are just calling what they see instead of going on stupid rants. If you want to yeah. go on a stupid rant, get a fucking podcast. That's true. Um, Because that's the thing. I think Channel 10, if you look at, you know, they don't have the world's greatest lineup of programs. But 
when you look at what they do have, they do spend a fair bit of time doing genuine promotion. Like yes, they, don't, look, they don't sit there mocking their own programs. They, no, they, have, no. they have that mentality, which is odd for Channel 9, where they go, we've paid good money for this. We should actually use, use the fact we've got this to promote other shows, talk mm-hmm. it up, talk about how great it is. That way we can actually, you know, give ourselves a better image in the, in the public as well. Yeah. That's, that's something that's foreign to Channel 9. Um, now, Channel 9's director of sport, Tom Malone, told the Sunday Telegraph that the network was against increasing the number of teams from 16, so he doesn't want expansion of the competition to 17, 18, 9, and 20 clubs or anything like that. Happy with 16. But wants at least one club to go to accommodate a new team. And he's quoted as saying, that could come from another team being relocated there, or better still, another club being discontinued and a new club established in Brisbane. In a perfect world, you'd probably have one or two less teams. Now, the thing I find really, really, I suppose, dumb is the right term about this, is how someone running a TV network thinks that completely alienating one or two clubs worth of fans from watching your product in the hope that creating a new team in a city that's already got a team is going to draw more fans to the game. How many viewers do they think they're going to get if they have a second Brisbane team? How many people in Brisbane are not watching the Broncos play would go, yeah, I'll watch, I'll start watching rugby league if there's a different Brisbane team playing. And was that number going to replace the number of disenfranchised fans who have had their team cut? And I'd probably say the answer is no. See, I, I think the answer would be yes. I'll be honest with you, right? I think the answer would be yes, and I'll tell you why. Because Channel 9, if they rotate the Sydney teams, they're still going to get the ratings in Sydney, right? That, now, they, they might lose a chunk of people that won't watch the game because their team has been cut. But there's going to be chunks of people that still want to watch Parramatta play the Canterbury Bulldogs or, you know, the, the Rabbitohs play, you know, I don't know, Canterbury or, you know, whoever, Right. And in Brisbane, what they would have would be twice as much relevant content to the Brisbane market. So I think it would boost the ratings in Brisbane, and I think that would definitely offset any sort of lost content that they had to put into the Sydney market. Okay, but would would it actually account to would the would it mean though more people in Brisbane watching the game than it currently is? And I don't think it would. I think the same number of people watching the game in Brisbane are still going to be watching. I don't think you're going to get any extra new viewers. And the new ones you're going to get, I don't think are going to replace the ones that you lose in Sydney. That's my See, thing. I, I agree on the content thing. Brisbane yeah. needs to have more content. I yeah. absolutely agree with that. Yeah. But I don't think cutting a team in Sydney is going to create more more viewers. I think the smart option, and I know I've already discussed it, is move the Titans to Brisbane. Mm-hmm. To me, it just makes sense in every aspect. You get, you don't have to cut any teams in Sydney. You get the Titans out of the the death hole that's Gold Coast for sporting teams, mm-hmm. and you get them in Brisbane. You get them in that Brisbane market. It, to me, that serves all the purposes you need. The Gold Coast is just it's a no it's a just it's a no go zone for sport, not just rugby league, every sport. Yeah, I wonder. Like, I don't know too much about how the Gold Coast works in terms of the um, television framework for free-to-air TV. Um, I don't know if they've got their own TV station for the Gold Coast. I'd be kind of surprised if they did, actually. Um, But I I think that I can see where any broadcaster, not just Channel 9, because they're not that important, but I can see where any broadcaster that wants to broadcast into Brisbane is thinking to themselves, we want relevant uh, local content more than once a week. And it's not just once a week because, like, if you say you've got Brisbane, and we joke about it every Friday night, the Brisbane seem like they're playing. Um, You would ideally like to have, like, Friday, Sunday, Saturday, however you want to work it, but at least have relevant local content for, for more than once a week for the Brisbane market. Um, so I get that. I really get that. And I think that that's a must for the next TV deal, no matter how you do it. Um, 
But at the same time, I the idea that you need to because the thing that really gets me is this: Channel Nine don't broadcast all the games, so why do no. they care how many teams there are? Okay, That's exactly right. Now the reason that they care about how many teams there are is because if the NRL expands by two teams, they're going to have to pay more. And one of the teams that would be expanded to is in, in the area would be Brisbane. So they're going to have to pay more for that. But then they're also going to end up paying more because the NRL is going to want more because the next other team off the rank is going to be Perth. Now, I don't believe that Channel 9 owns a television television station for Perth. I'm pretty sure that's still the case. Yeah, Channel 7 over there, I think, are pretty, pretty dominant. Yeah, so... The, there's no reason for there to be a Perth team if you're Channel 9 at all, okay? They, they, it's just they don't care about Perth. Um, they also don't care about competing with their rival. Yeah, apparently. <laughs> and so so that's why I think that they would say, well, ideally, we want a 16-team competition. Yeah, because it's going to keep the cost down for the next broadcasting deal, you know? And the other thing to keep in mind is that Foxtel... And, and Fox Sports in particular, they probably don't want to be paying any more for the NRL than they have to either. And so if they're pressuring the NRL to not expand the competition because they just don't want to pay more, the NRL just says to them, too bad, man. We're expanding the comp. We've got another Brisbane team, and that helps their broadcasting revenue on the East Coast. And we're putting in a Perth team, and you're going to pay for it. And that's the end of it. Yep. And the the networks don't have any they don't have any leg to stand on because they need the NRL more than the NRL needs them these days. Yeah, and they know that, so they'll try and play hardball. But at the end of the day, Foxtel knows that if they lose the rugby league, um, they lose probably. I'll, I'll be. Oh, look, I'm, I'm gonna guess here, but they're probably gonna lose close to half their subscribers. They lose the east coast of Australia. Yeah, and so who's buying Foxtel in <laughs> Queensland if they don't have rugby league on there? Well, this is right. So, and they can't afford to take that hit. No way can they afford to take that hit. Um, and the NRL can just say, you know what? We'll just put a package out on the NRL website. We will make it very cheap, hmm. say a dollar a day. And you can watch every game live. We'll create our own content for t- for panel shows and stuff, and you get all that included as well. Thirty bucks a month. And the NRL's making their own content right now. Like yep. there's plenty of stuff that you can watch from the NRL right now that they broadcast on their social media channels. They would have to invest a little bit more, but they've got the they've got the physical infrastructure there. Obviously, they've got the studios and stuff set up for that. And if, if, you know they could do it. I mean, they own journalists that they've brought themselves. They've they've got personalities that they do for um for interviews and stuff. They go out to clubs and and clubs produce content themselves as well. They could put on a channel if they wanted to set one up. It would be a big bold step, but because the only the only they issue they're going to have with that is they need to. The hard part is making that enough money out of the subscriptions, I guess, to cover the cost of the salary cap for all the clubs because that's the bare minimum they need to do. Um, and it's hard to know how much the subscriptions would cost and how much they'd make out of it. So I wouldn't be surprised if they start looking at floating those ideas in the next 12 months, 24 months before the next deal comes out. Start yeah. offering complete packages and, and all this sort of stuff and subscription models and see what comes up. If they find they're making plenty of coin out of that and it looks possible that they could survive it on, on its own, I wouldn't be surprised if they go that way. I would definitely buy it. If I, <coughs> if I could pay, Likewise. I, I pay 40 bucks a month for the NBA League Pass and it's brilliant. I can watch every single game in HD. I can watch replays about, I think it's about two hours after, depending on how quick they get them up. I can watch video highlights. I can watch all sorts of things on NBA League Pass. I would be happy to pay 40 bucks a month just for an NRL app where I just got rugby league content. I wasn't paying for anything else. I wasn't subsidizing for V8 supercars or netball or cricket or anything. It was just rugby league. I would be happy to do that. Um, and the NRL, I mean, they can look at 
it, forget Channel 9, right? Forget the, the free-to-air broadcasting rights. Stan, it would be good to have that on Stan, right? Stan would be able to promote the hell out of that. KO Sports, they would love to have it. But then you can also look at what if it was on YouTube? What if it was part of Netflix? You know, there's so many different broad online broadcasters that would love to be able to say, hey, come and get your rugby league here. Absolutely. You know, come look, and get if, it. And if they're making enough money out of all those other avenues there and they still want to have free-to-air TV, they can just go to ABC and say, do you want to pay a small nominal fee to do one game a week? Mm-hmm. They've still got a, a presence then on free-to-air TV with no ads. And, the, and the, everyone has ABC. You can watch it anytime then. But the thing is, like, I, I've literally talked to people that don't have their aerial plugged in, right? Mm. Like, I've said to them, you should watch State of Origin. They've said, what channel is it on? I say, it's on Channel 9. And they go, oh, yeah, I don't get Channel 9. I, haven't, I don't even plug my aerial in. They just watch everything online. And we'll get to that point where, like, you and me will be around the day that they say, oh, they switched off the signal. Um, yeah, it, but it's it, seriously, it'll happen because there's, why would you have it? it people one day will say, what they sent TV through the air. Like, why would you do that? <laughs> um, it's going to happen. And so you don't have to have the broadcasting signal and an aerial plugged into the back of your TV to watch heaps of stuff. Um, and it's going to be interesting to see with this broadcasting deal, the next one that they do, what direction the NRL goes in, in terms of online streaming, not only overseas, but more importantly in Australia and and through New Zealand, because that I think is going to show the way forward. And if a free-to-wear network wants to be relevant on the east coast of Australia, you better pay up. doesn't matter how, you you don't get a say in how many teams there are. You don't get a say in where they are. You just got to pay. Otherwise, you know, have fun in, in friggin' July when you're promoting the big clash between the, the Vixens and whatever other bloody netball team there is in, you know. Who who watches netball? Netball's a shit sport. I'm sorry. It's for people that can't play basketball. It's for it's for women that are no good at basketball. Anyways. <laughs> um, I was just going to go back to the, the footy thing, the article here on Channel 9. Um, Why would we talk about footy on this podcast? I, I, I just got to be my bunner. <laughs> go on, go for it. Um, Channel Nights put in a a line. Uh, sorry, the Daily Telegraph put a line in here which hasn't been quoted by anyone. That says Cronulla, Manly, and the Titans will be most in danger if Channel Nine gets its way. But they that's not a quote from anyone, and they've not explained why those three teams would be the most in danger. Yeah. Why would they be in danger? Two of them are finalists, and the other one is on the Gold Coast, which is the only one that's generally under threat. You know what? If chat just say Channel Nine really wants a team in Brisbane, and they want to take a team from Sydney and put it in <laughs> Brisbane, go and find someone to buy the Manly Sea Eagles. Yeah, that's all you do. That's it's really straightforward. Um, and you, there's a there's a place in Brisbane called Manly. You can just put it up there. Bring back sh- Winner Manly. Jeez, yeah, go just down call well. them Winner Manly, yeah, yeah. And, and do a link up with Winner Manly, like because you basically would be buying the franchise, the the franchise, and and move it up there and say, look, Winner Manly, let's team team up, and uh, you know make it a, a one club basically. Yeah. Um, but that's the easy way to do it. Like if that's what Channel Nine wants to do, offer them the club. Say, hey, you want to buy it? You can buy the Seagulls for twenty million bucks. You're yeah. already going to be paying hundreds of millions of dollars for the rights. You want a second Brisbane team? Buy Manly as well. You know, it's not like it would be weird to have a broadcaster that owns a club because News Limited owns is a majority owner of the Broncos. So, yeah. Maybe I just sorted it out. Did I just sort it out? You may have done. That helped, And that's super easy, hey? It was very easy. Yeah. Um. There was a quote here also from Foxtel CEO Patrick Delaney. Yeah. He also wants a second Brisbane team as part of the next broadcast deal, but he does not support a move to kick out any other clubs. Mm-hmm. This is important, I think, because I dare say Foxtel are probably going to be kicking in more money in the next TV rights deal than mm-hmm. they currently do, 
and it'd be far more than what the what Channel Nine would be kicking in if, unless Channel Nine still keeps getting the the origin. But I have heard that Foxtel are trying to make it so that they can have access to broadcast Origin in the grand final as well. Which, yeah. if that happens, Foxtel will be kicking in pretty much all the money. Yeah. Channel Nine just throwing in a few biscuits biscuits in the end to try and make sure they stay relevant in the sports market. Um, but Foxtel don't want any teams to go. They just want expansion. Yeah. And to me, that's the smarter option because you can then cover... They've got a 24-7 channel. Just means you can have more eyes on the channel for longer periods on the weekend. Mm-hmm. You've got another game or two being played. Yeah, and the thing is, too, it shows the different the different outcomes that both of a, a, a free-to-wear broadcaster and a pay TV service has. So a pay TV service, they're looking at this, they would probably directly be looking at subscribers in the, the Cronulla Sutherland area. Um, and they would be looking at direct TV ratings for Cronulla games. So, and I'm picking, I'm saying the Sharks just because, I, I just so it keeps it simple. But they'd be looking at the, the ratings for Sharks games overall because they can see direct viewer numbers, right? Um, whereas Channel 9, they just broadcast across all of Sydney on free-to-wear. Everyone can get it. But they have a bunch of Sydney teams. They can still get the exact same ratings, even if there was one less Sydney team. Whereas Foxtel would literally see a loss there if you had one less Sydney team. So they, you can you can see the different needs that the two different broadcasting styles have. Um, and as you say, Foxtel, I mean, if Foxtel can get it all, if they can say, man, you get uh, you get Foxtel or KO Sports and you get every single last game, State of Origin, Grand Final, everything in one place, ad-free. The only downside is it is Braithen Asta, but outside of that... Ah, Braith's not a downside. Yeah, I love Braith and Aston. I'm just taking a piss, Braith. I'd, I'd, I'd say Anthony Griffin's a bit of a downside, and it's yeah. not because it's not because of what he says. Yeah. He has some good insight. His voice is just bad. What they need to do with Anthony Griffin is when he goes to talk, turn up the speed of what he speaks at, so it sounds like a chipmunk. <laughs> That'd be entertaining. At the moment, it sounds like someone's reading your lullaby. Yeah. Imagine if we had have started this podcast and it turned out we had a voice like that where people just, we after about five or six broadcasts, people just started getting in touch and saying, listen, I really enjoy your podcast. You both say, make some really good points, but your voice, it's just, man, it's so boring. You sound boring even though you're saying something interesting. Yeah, he's he's bad. Yeah. And even when he's trying to chime in with some sort of, repartee it's so slow and dull mm. you know like, anthony hook just just stop mate yeah we'll let you know when we want you to talk it's queenslanders they take they take about three longer seconds than everyone else to think something up and get it out yeah oh he's uh he, he's hard to listen to yeah um, Still, he's, he's getting, also he's also checks anthony well, yeah, he's also been in the in the print media, um, yeah. whinging a lot. Oh, really? I haven't seen yeah. this. Uh, most of the articles he writes, it's just whinging about stuff. Okay. I I don't read them. I just see the headline. And go, oh, Hooks having another whinge. I literally haven't seen he, any of. I didn't know he was writing anything. Where's yeah, he writing at, it? Oh, probably Telegraph. I think. There you just, go. Just have another whinge. Yeah, I I literally don't read the Telegraph outside of when we're talking about some of the things that have been written in the media and every so often I'll go and have a look at the Telegraph site for that. I Outside of that, I just take in zero for, for anything they put out. Yeah. Now, one last quote that's in here come from... Who's Mr. Malone? I think that's the guy at Channel 9. Yeah. He says... It's for other people to decide, but it's not just about having enough quality players. It's about coaches, support staff, administrators, and more clubs and more games. Just adds more cost. Yeah, it's unlikely to generate any incremental revenue. So he thinks that having more teams will not generate any extra revenue. Yeah. How does that work, given that you've got 
new markets that yeah. are previous that are currently giving nothing. Even if someone from those markets buys a hat, mm-hmm. that's more revenue. A million plus people live in Perth. A million plus people live in Adelaide. Be pretty cool to have them watching rugby league. Hey. Now, there's one last line here from the, I think it's staff writer who wrote this. Okay. And they said, the broadcasters carry enormous influence in the game. Enormous. Enormous. Here comes the kicker. Without their $2 billion investment, there is no game. Oh, wow. If only we'd known that. That's that's like they're saying to they're saying to the NRL. The media is really important. You need to listen to them. Ask them, yeah. them, them, not ask them. Yeah, yeah, because they're really important peoples. There's no rugby league before TV. Did you know that? Didn't exist. Didn't exist. Yeah. yeah, and then TV was invented, and then rugby league was invented the next day, and it just all just started working together. It was really strange. Um. It's funny. Our, mo- our money's the most important thing to you lot. Nah. Anybody that's willing to pay us. That's exactly right. Yeah, I wish Channel 9 was as important as they think they are. Because if they were, man, it would be a wonderful life. Channel 9 is not important. None of these people are important. Like, I love it no. when they put in the, the head of Channel 9 Sport in a newspaper. It's just some person. Who gives There's a shit? A- it's just some person, just some, some fucking bloke. employee. It's just some bloke. Yeah. Some man, wearing, some man wearing a tie. Just some dude. You know, um, just an employee. He puts in a resume like everyone else, wakes up in the morning, you know, goes yeah. to work. <laughs> you're, just a, you're just a person. You're not a deity. <laughs> um, next comes a magnificent article, which I, I dubbed one of the worst things I've ever read um, wow. before we started the show. Yeah. Um, and it's on the telly, and it's fans reacting to plan for a second Brisbane team. So, so they talk to, to people in Brisbane. Well, I'd say that what they've done here is they're probably talking to, probably given some lines to a few people working in the office. <laughs> Can you, you know, say I, this, and I'll record it to make it look like I literally did get this quote, and that's all you got to do. Just a little bit of inside information, right? And I've talked to somebody that works in a broadcasting medium. Okay, that's all I'm going to say. And when they get average punters off the street to be on that broadcasting medium, a lot of the time it's just somebody in the next office. A lot of the time. Yeah, I'm not surprised. Mm. Um, So this article magnificently starts with a lie. Oh, wow, really? In the media? Are you sure? Well, see, the thing is, it starts with a lie in the very first paragraph, which is a yeah. little bit different because usually they put those, they bury them a bit deeper and they, they build the whole argument around it. But this one yeah, is you, just bang. You start. set it up, you set yeah. it up, and then you lie. And then yeah. you conclude from the lie, yeah. Because it's, it's like a subtle lead into the lie. So it, sound, it makes it sound more legitimate and plausible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But this is just straight out there bang, sledgehammer lie right at the start. Yeah. Um, a sold out shark park was bang for blood. Not that of the Canberra Raiders, but the NRLs, if they ever thought about dissolving the Cronulla Club. A, the NRL is not thinking about dissolving the current the Cronulla Club. That's a... Uh, lie. That, that's a lie that's come from their whole story about Channel 9 wanting a Sydney club to be axed. And yeah. Channel 9 did not say which clubs they wanted axed. Yeah. yeah. So, furthermore, the fans probably didn't didn't even know that this was going on. They were there because they're cheering on Paul Gunn in his last game at home, the last game at Shark Park in two years, and they're trying to get into the, you know, trying to hold down their place in the top eight against a team that's in the top four. Yes, they were cheering for everything that's going on in that game, nothing to do with the thought about their club leaving. But how about this, right? I'm kind of shocked that you could go to that game, sold out Shark Park, Paul Gallen's last game at Shark Park, I'm shocked that you could go there and go up to people, allegedly, and say, what do you think about the news that the NRO wants to get rid of your club and kill them off? And that they react negatively to that. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm shocked that they didn't sit down with someone and ask them that, and they go, well, you know, if it's for the best, fair enough. Yeah. Um, so, shall we go through some of the quotes? 
Yes, hit me with them. Put them in my veins. Okay. I would barrack for the Swans. Fans since 1967, Jack Metcalf said. Yeah. Well, <sighs> any time that you can go back to the old threat from 1996 of, uh, oh, barrack for the Swans instead, you got to do it. Yeah, it's, it's good they put that at the front because they're using this they're using this strong material at the very start. Yeah, yeah. Get just get on the front foot. Yeah. Um how much are the NRL really interested in catering to that market of seventy to eighty year old fans? It's an important market. I mean they buy lots of like uh prunes. <laughs> they buy uh, lots of dentures. The denture, you know, the stuff that keeps your dentures in. Uh, Polydent. They buy lots of that. Um, adult I'm, diapers. I'm amused that you know what that stuff is. I said, you know what? Weirdly enough, I don't know where I see the advert all the time, but they've got. I think it must be Probably on Channel uh, Nine. Might be Channel Nine. Yeah, <laughs> I might be fucking opening the curtain on this. It's like, yeah, the only people that watch Channel Nine are old people. But yeah, they've got a dude and he's barracking for the football, and they say um, the advert's something like, "Oh, when the game's close, Barry starts eating seventy-five percent more nuts, and they get uh, nuts." <laughs> um, oh my god, I'm too old to be laughing at my own jokes when I say nuts. Anyway. And they say that they're turning into little molecules that are getting under his dentures, but he uses polydent, so he doesn't have to worry about it. And all I can think of is, like, why has this dude lost all of his fucking teeth? He only looks about 60. Like, what the hell, man? Um, next quote. We couldn't support St. George. The NRL would just lose a huge percentage of fans. I love this one because St. George um, pretty much doesn't exist after 1998. Yeah. And... <sighs> A large percentage of fans if the Sharks left. I know this is not a criticism of Sharks fans. You can say this about any NRL club. Yeah. You're not a large percentage. There's 16 of you. Yeah. And like, like, at the best, a really strong supporter club would probably be what? 18, 20% of the fan base? Yeah. And it's like not the massive. Sharks. The Sharks. Yeah. You know. If we're going to be, we'll be modest. Okay. We'll say, look, the Sharks might make up about 12 to 13% of that. Okay. That's yeah. not that huge. Settle down. Like, um, I would put the Sharks in terms of, like, fan bases. They're in the lower half, I would suggest. Like, I would say that, that a team like the Dragons, the Dragons are having a bloody terrible season, horrible, horrible season, and yet they're getting close to 10,000 to games, and they've had some. They've had a weird, couple of weird games where they've been affected by like accidents down in, in Wollongong and stuff like that. But it, for a terrible season, the Dragons are getting crowds that the Roosters would be pretty happy with, and they're near the top of the ladder. So yeah. it's, I think it's fair to say the Dragons, big club, big supporter base. They are. Um, well, they've got two supporter bases. That's the main thing. They've got some yeah. George Endula. So, yeah. Um, anyway, this, what was this bloke's name again? Um, Jack. Yeah. His yeah. wife, Rose. Jack and Rose. Jack and Rose. Isn't... Hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Let me look Jack something. And, Jack and Is Rose. It, aren't they from the Titanic? No, surely not. Uh, Jack? I think it's... I think it is. It fucking is. What's Jack's surname in the Titanic? Uh, well, he wasn't a first-class passenger, so I don't know that he had one. Jack... No, here it is. Jack Dawson. Oh, Jack Dawson. What was his last name on this? Does it Medcalf. say? Medcalf. Medcalf. Jack they picked, and Rose. They, they picked a safe one. Yeah, Jack hang and on. Rose. Okay, hang on a second. Hang on, Andrew. Right? What's the chance that they're sitting in the office and they say, let's call this dude Jack. Oh, we'll, so we'll say that his wife. Let's call him Rose because that's from the Titanic and this whole thing's going down. And no one will pick up on it. No one. But we're too smart for you. Jan- we saw uh, through Daily you. Telegraph. We saw um, it. Jack and Rose, get lost, you wife, cheeky bastards. His wife, Rose, said she thought the club would be fine because they have, in quotation marks, God on their side. This we'll isn't right. real. This and isn't it, real. It gets better. Yes. She she then said, we'll be right. We have ScoMo now. Ah, this isn't real. Those cheeky bastards, how could they do that? That's not real. <laughs> oh, oh, There's no oh. way. 
I love this. This is brilliant. It's it's disgraceful and brilliant all at the same time. Yeah. Um, Rothfield wrote the likely option was one of Cronulla, Mealy, or Gold Coast. Now, family members, the Mots, said they would turn their back on the NRL if the Sharks were scrapped. I'd boycott the NRL. I love that. Yeah. It's like say the Mots said they would boycott the NRL if the Sharks were scrapped. Go to the soundbite. I'd boycott the NRL. Yeah. I like the uh, I like the idea that um, you sit down with Todd Greenberg and they're like, man, we've got to keep the Mots. We have to keep the Mots. Even if it costs us $10 million bucks a year in the grant, we have to keep the Mots on board. Um. One of the mots said the sharks meant more to the shire than the money it created for the NRL. That's not a that's not a good ground to be on base, um, you know, business wise. Yeah, Our, we're um, financially unviable, but we we you know people love us like church. Yeah, um, it would be disgusting to get rid of our team to create another one in Brisbane. We bring down the kids to every home game, and so do a lot of other families. You, I don't want to I don't want to be too disparaging towards the mots, but I'm pretty certain you'll find that there are fans of every single club, of every single sport around the world who would say the same thing. Yeah. Um, well, you know, everyone's club is the most important club to them because that's why they follow the club. The uh, yeah. Sorensons drove from Queanbeyan to watch Paul Gallon's final game. Oh, um, I know of someone who drove from twice as far away to watch the game, but, yeah. Anyway. Um Mr. Sorensen has two Sharks tattoos, a Sharks watch, a shark glued onto his uh, shower screen, <laughs> blue, white, and black tiles. Man, they've got they've got investigative on this one. They've gone to his bathroom. Yeah. <laughs> um, a Sharks fence, a Sharks-coloured combi van, and a Sharks-themed fire pit. And he well, says, I've got to be honest, he does sound like someone from Queanbeyan. Well, he's... He's also um, that I dare say that makes him a legitimate fan whose his uh, opinion is worthwhile hearing. Mm. He got two different logos. He got a, he got a logo tattooed on him, and then they changed their logo, and he got another logo tattooed tattooed on him. Yeah. Well done. And so his comment was, "I couldn't support any other team when I have these tattoos." Yeah, I agree. <laughs> You're stuck with them for life, pal. <laughs> Why does Queensland need another team when they have the Gold Coast that nobody supports? That's a fair point. Yeah. Um, another fan said the Shire would give up on the NRL if the Sharks were dissolved or relocated. It would be a stake in the heart of the Shire. We go to every home game. Um, what do you reckon would be worse to the Shire, right? Would it be losing the Sharks... Global warming. Yeah, well, it's all going to be under 40 foot of water, I guess, at some point. I'm looking forward to that, though. I'm looking forward to having a beachfront place in Penrith. It'd be <laughs> so good. Uh, the Nupine River out the back, some bloody beachfront out the front. You'll have to be careful when you go under the waves that you don't, you know, bang into a, one of the skyscrapers or in Parramatta. Beautiful. Bring it on. Um. New South Wales coach Brad Fittler said he supported a Sydney team being moved to Brisbane but still retaining part of its identity, pointing to the success the AFL had in moving South Melbourne to Sydney and Fitzroy merging with Brisbane. There's a lot of narrow-mindedness about how it should be done and who it should be, Fittler said. If we look at the AFL model and how that's worked with the Sydney Swans and the Brisbane Lions. Um, yeah, there's some differences here. Anyway, he says here, Every time we have this discussion, there's an adamant view we have to start a new club. I'm thinking the Cronulla Sharks could go to Perth and have this history and play some games at Cronulla and some in Perth. Logistically, that's a nightmare. Um, yeah. I know, I know a lot of people joke about sending the Sharks all over the place, but if you're going to be dead serious, the, the whole point of having expansion and going to a new area is to get new fans. And the best way to get new fans is to give them a local team that, that is theirs. You don't give them yeah. some used team from somewhere else. It's funny that what we're talking about here is like, you know, a team in Brisbane. So who do we talk to? Fucking people in Sydney. It's like, yeah. how about we ask some people in Brisbane what they want? How about that? How about we ask some people in Perth? Like, what do you want? Instead of just saying, telling them what they want from Sydney. 
Yeah. Now, um, I'm going to take apart from this article because yeah. it leads to the third and final one, the Pista de Resistance. Um, so this article, there was a quote in here which said that, where was it? Uh, Rothfield wrote, the likely option here was that one of Cronulla, Manly or Gold Coast would be the team to get relocated or cut. Rothfield wrote that. Okay. So today, Buzz Rothfield writes, hands off my club, Channel 9. Oh! Buzz, this is what he's done here is he's seen a story where no yeah. club's been mentioned. Yeah. He's gone, if I attach the Sharks to this, because he does that all the time, mm-hmm. and they're, they're his, his club, if you, didn't, if you didn't know already, um, if I attach them to that, I can then go and ask some fans to agree with me and then I can write another article, albeit it'll only be about 240 words long, um, where I can talk about how they shouldn't touch my team after I suggested that they should be one of the clubs they look at. And isn't it interesting that, like, just in this podcast, we've started off with, like, Channel 9 employees writing articles about the TV ratings. And we've just gone down the line to the point where it just feels made up. I mean, even getting past the Titanic, the Titanic Cup. And, <laughs> Jack uh, and Rose. Yeah, what was the thing that she had? The uh, There was some, like, uh, there was some, like, necklace or something that she got back, Rose got back at the end. I've only seen the Titanic once. I, so I, I haven't. Yeah. It, it's, you know what? It's actually pretty interesting in terms of, um, because James Cameron, he, he, looked at a lot of historical things and he tried to make it as apart from all the love story and that he made the sinking of it as historically accurate as possible to the point where when he they had the stars in the sky and the original the stars in the sky weren't the stars in the sky that were over the ship when it went down and when he re-released it he fixed that up so in terms of like watching it sink really interesting all the love story stuff i mean Hang on, but didn't didn't the actual ship take like only a few minutes to go down, whereas in the movie it takes like four hours? No, no, it, it took <laughs> it did take a long time for it to um, sink. Actually, um, oh, okay. took ages. Yeah, but um, yeah, the only other thing that's in in it is uh, what's the name of the actress that's in that movie? Kate. Is it Kate, Kate Winslet. Winslet. Yeah, at one point she's naked in it. That's the only other thing that's interesting. Fair enough. Um, (laughs) So Buzz has written this article. I don't know where you're going with that. Sounds like a nowhere story. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just thinking about what I'm going to do after the podcast. That's all. Don't worry about me. I'm just thinking. Buzz Rothfield, hands off my club. The biggest problem with Channel 1's proposal is identifying which Sydney club should go, which you did straight away by saying Cronulla, Manly and the Titans. Yeah. Um, my club, the Cronulla Sharks, are at risk, and so too are the Manly Seagulls. They are both traditional old suburban ground clubs surviving on shoestring budgets. Traditional, I, that, traditional. But he kind of he kind of made the uh, argument for it. Hey, they're both yeah. old. Yeah. Tra- like, get rid of the traditional. They're both old. They're both at you know suburban grounds, and they're both surviving on shoestring budgets. It's like. Maybe maybe there's a point. Maybe we should move him, hey? Well, he kind of wants that because then it allows him to be outraged against the NRL for a more legitimate reason than just because he's old. Mm. Um, but traditional. Like, Manly came in 40 years after the game started and Cronulla 20 years after that. How long do you have to be around before you, you are traditional? Like, well, I'd have thought for something to be a tradition, it has to be there pretty close to when things started. Like, I'd say oh, really? the South... South versus Roosters clash is a traditional rugby league rivalry. I wouldn't say West Tigers versus North Queensland is a traditional rivalry. It's only been going on since 2005. See, I agree with that, right? So what about, say, for instance, Parramatta versus Penrith? Is that traditional? No. No. Okay, what about... um... So I'm always interested in in these questions that don't have a finite answer. So what about... (laughs) Our, when we do our podcast and we say that's what she said, is that a tradition? Well, yes, because our tradition only goes back to March and we've been doing it since then. Okay, it's been so going on since the birth of this whole 
this whole uh, broadcast. So yeah, that's a tradition. Okay. Yeah. I- I'm, so, so okay. Are the New for Zealand us. Warriors so a traditional a traditional club? No. Okay. I mean, they so, be, they'd be so a traditional New Zealand. New Zealand they'd is be, what you're saying. They'd be a traditional New Zealand club, but they're not a traditional uh, rugby league club because they've only been around since '95. But where's the point? So you you feel tradition is 1908? I think it's got to be. Yeah, I'd say within the first 10, 15 years after the game started. Okay. To me, so the tradition. Bulldogs and are not a traditional club? No. Nah. Most of the traditional stuff has been eliminated from the game. I don't think there's much tradition that goes on anymore. Can you argue that with me? Um, I, th- uh, I think there's a lot of stuff, but we don't see it as traditional. Is that jazz? Um, well, <laughs> first of all, it, it, like Stanley Jean, still playing. That's a tradition. Right. Nah, he's sure he's retired. Nah, Stanley Jean's still playing. Come on, man. Come uh, on. I, I, so, Stanley Jean, still playing. Still going strong. Always like 30, you know, nine or something, forever. Um, I'm trying to think of some traditions. Okay, what about uh, just the fact that they wear the socks they wear? They're long socks. There's zero reason to have long socks. Why do we wear... Long socks in footy games because it's tradition. Ah, uh, okay. I don't think they wore long socks in the early days. Well, what did they wear? Well, let's, short let's socks. No, they wore long socks. Okay, nineteen oh eight, Dally Messenger. Let's see picture of Dally Messenger. Let's have a look at his socks. This is this is something I've never ever looked at. Long socks. <laughs> Can you see okay. the picture? I'm not looking at any pictures, no. I'll take your word for it. Okay. Okay. So, so I got that one wrong. All right. So long socks have been around since 1908. Don't feel bad. I, I am. There's, 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 there's one. There's one. There's one. Okay. 1908 kangaroo um, tour. Let's look that up. Um, okay. Oh, so, so you, oh okay. So you, I, I see where you're going here. So uh, financial mismanagement has been around since 1908. So that, that'd be another tradition. That'd be another one. Yeah, there's, here's another picture I found. They're all wearing long socks. Yeah, we've, we've, we've covered this point. I've admitted okay. I was wrong and we've moved okay. on from there. Okay. <laughs> financial mismanagement. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah. Someone, someone basically being a pain in the ass and trying to find a problem with the game and its management. That's been a tradition. 1909. I think you yeah, know. Yeah. I'm... Yeah. I know what you're getting at there. Okay. Um, oh, you're giving away spoilers here. Spoiler alert. Um, what else? Um, I think my point is, is that it is a little bit hard to think of a heap of genuine traditions that are still seen in the game today. What about referees using a whistle? Well, even the whistle's changed. I know, but ju- just the general whistle. What alternative would they come up with? An air raid siren? Yeah, well, yeah, they could use that. You know those things that you spin around, like they've got a handle and it's got a wooden part and they spin around and they're like, they make a, cra- a clicking noise. Oh, a clicking noise. noise, yeah, yeah. Yeah, them. We could use uh, maracas or maracas. Maracas would be a bit different. Yeah, a, a tambourine. Can you imagine the referee running around trying to keep a tambourine still until he saw a penalty and he starts using the tambourine? Um, bongos. Uh, you could have like some sort of uh, parrot or an eagle. Like you could have an eagle on your shoulder and when there's a penalty, you like pull its tail and you hear it go, Meh! like there's lots of alternatives. Just letting a bear onto the field when there's a penalty. You got to think outside the box sometimes. Fair enough. Fair enough. I'll take you. I'll take you on that one. Okay. Um, where was I up to? Um, I don't know. There's only two hundred words in this. There's very little to, to read. Into. Yeah. <laughs> oh, here we go. We'll read, read the bit at the end. You kill Manly and you lose tens of thousands of fans on the Northern Peninsula. Oh. It's like when the old North Sydney Bears are chucked out. The fans yeah. you lose never come back. The NRL should be looking at underperforming out-of-town franchises like the Gold Coast Titans. Long live the Sydney clubs. Long live tradition. And don't dare touch more Sharkies. I love the idea that you've got to look at the out-of-town teams. But 
if you live in the Gold Coast, you live. That's your town. That's your in-town teams. Like the Sharks are the out-of-town team. Well, apparently Sydney is the town. Sydney's just the big town, the big smoke. Yeah. So yeah. I think Sydney was last known as a town in about 1790. Yeah. <laughs> Old Sydney town. <laughs> wow. That, that's been absolutely, uh, that's been captivating, that discussion. Yeah, it's brilliant. Um, I love the whole thing. And I think that uh, with all of this bullshit and stuff, the NRL sits down and they're going to say, listen, we're going to expand to 18 teams. We're going to have a team in Perth. We're going to have a team in Brisbane. You're going to pay through the nose for it all. Uh, the revenue is going to go up for us, and you're going to have to deal with it. And the alternative is, is uh, promoting the netball. And they're all going to say, yes, sir, here's the money, and we'll just keep on going on, you know? Yeah, absolutely. That's, it's funny uh... how much more the game made as soon as the media conglomerate wasn't owning half of it. It's funny how negotiation skills of everyone involved just went through the roof straight away. <laughs> That's right. That's exactly right. It's 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 fascinating. It's not coincidental whatsoever. Yeah. And the big thing is that Foxtel lost their right of first refusal, and that means they're going to have to pay through the nose. So good luck in all of that. I hope you all have to take pay cuts because the NRL costs you so much money. Because that's all you you deserve, you media scum. Yeah. Uh, sorry, I've just been a little bit sidetracked here because I've just been um, just been told on Twitter that there's an article that's come out. I suppose yeah. I should do a timeline here first to let everyone know. Yeah. Last night I was working till about two in the morning, and you'll see it with my tweet where I tweeted yeah. the 2019 NRL ladder if every goal attempt was successful. Yes, that was very right. good. It was interesting to see it. So I tweeted that at, uh, it was nine hours ago. Yep. That's how, that's how late I was working. I've just been informed that Fox Sports have just written an article. No. And it says, the, the tweet says, Look away now, Sharks fans. Cronulla have one of the poorest conversion rates in the NRL, and it has cost them dearly this year. Here's where your team would sit if goal kicks didn't count. That's that's the same. That's the same article. <laughs> have you read it? Have they credited you? Oh, probably not. Um, no, no, they, they've changed it around. So what they've yeah. done is they've taken my idea. Yeah. You're going to get the same result. Yeah, but they've taken my idea and removed goals altogether. Who wrote it? Um, George Clark. George, let's see if he's on Twitter. Has he, he got is. his Twitter handle there? He is because he got he got taken at GLR underscore Clark with an E yep. on the end. And someone's actually already already commented on it and said um, that I posted that nine hours ago. So. I'm just yeah. I can see. I can see. Okay, I'm going to write a little bit. About I'll just. I'll just let. I'll just let people have their comment on that. I'm not going to say anything about that. I just find that um, it's always interesting when that happens. Yeah, it it is, and it's interesting how often it happens. Hmm. Yeah, it is. Um, everyone's getting on it, so I don't have to do anything. But yeah. that was that was very interesting. Very interesting. It, it's it nice. is always very very interesting, isn't it? It's, it? it's nice to be respected by the mainstream media. Yeah. At, well, and like, at the same and at the same time disrespected because they don't give you any reference or credit for the work you do. That's true. Um, fantastic. Um, and I'm not a greedy person. You just say thanks to mention me. That's it. Yeah. I'm not. An, I'm not an asshole. Yeah, I just tweeted about it. <laughs> um, there's been a and bit my, on there. And my followers are wonderful people. They are. Yeah, um, salt of the earth. That's interesting. Oh, well, very interesting. That, that's a very interesting way to end a, uh, an interesting yeah. episode where we've had a bit of a dig at the media for running agendas. Yeah. I think that uh, as we do our... our um, like general 
wrap up of the podcast, it's only fair that we go out with a classic. So uh, I'd like to give a shout out to the starting block. Go on to Twitter. The starting block. Drop the K. Um, who else? Give a shout out to Nadine. She's fantastic. She's retweeting so much stuff lately. It's fantastic. Um, love having her on. We'll have her on again soon. Um, Dr. Alan Pierce. He's a fantastic person. He loves everything we do, hey? He does, yeah. He's brilliant. Yeah. Anyone, anything you've got to give a shout-out to, talk, tell us about your Patreon. Yeah. Um, if anyone at Fox Sports is listening, uh, go to www.patreon.com slash RLP. No, it's RL, RL Project now. That's all right. I changed it. Yeah. Uh, Patreon.com slash RL Project. And you can make a monthly donation there. It helps us out a bit. Um, during During the weekend... I put in um, over a thousand tour games that have been played between 1908 and 2002 from all nations. Um, yeah. Just the score lines at this stage. Uh, I've still got to add the other stuff in there, but still, we've now got over 3,000 international games, including tour games, on the website now. Far out. It's incredible. And it's like, it, there's no other resource like it out there. And I know how much work you put into it. It was absolutely amazing. Like, so like and being and literally being up late at night putting the work in as well, um, really having to find these results and all of the information for them. You've done really well with it, and like that's why people should should get onto your Patreon because you're putting together rugby league history, and I I don't think that that can be um, that can be stated enough. Like there's no one else doing this work. No, it's and it's something that. It has to has to happen. It has to be done. Um, yeah. And you know, it's. I don't think. I, I don't. I don't talk about the sacrifice that, that I go through for it then, because I don't think that I should be trying to make money out of being, you know, trying to sell misery to do it and stuff like that. No, I, I never will. But yeah. it does take an immense amount of time, which is why I had to start up the the crowdfunding thing because it's got to the point where I need to be earning a full time wage to do it now because. Yeah. Um. There's actually more games off off site offline than there is actually on there, and they have to be added in yet. Yeah. Um, almost double what's currently in the system needs to be added in. Uh, so huge amount of work, and that's just to get what we've started fixed up and completed. That's not completely, you know, including the stuff we want to add to it in the future down the line as well. So um, yeah, huge job. Yeah, and it's like it's fantastic. You should really be commended for what you've put together with rugby league project it's it's really just number one it's fantastic um, yeah and i can't take all credit for it because uh sean dolan created it, it was is his uh brainchild i'm just the mm-hmm. bloke who's who's updating it and doing the research on there and uh yeah. I'll, I'll never take full credit or full ownership of it because yeah. i never would have thought of doing this this website it's all his all his work it's his baby and i still consider him the boss even yeah. though he tells me he isn't <laughs> <laughs> i know I, I don't like to take full credit for Rugby League Project either, but, you know. <laughs> it's like when I was signing your books the other day. I, just, <laughs> I don't like to take credit for it, but, you know. <laughs> Sometimes you just got to do these things. Oh, it's just, it's not even for me. It's not no, even. It's, a... You're doing it for the game. Yeah. You're doing oh, it for the fans. Yeah. Anyway, I want to uh, thank everyone for listening. Retweet. And everything, and uh, thank you very much, and we'll see you on the next episode. <laughs>